hey, podcasting is easy to do at ridiculous o'clock at night after writing a blog, plus a whole day of other activities when Arsenal are looking this good. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Mike McDonald back with PNH Expanded. Thank you for reading my uh, post today. I uh, had uh, fun writing that one, like I've had fun all season. And I, uh, I didn't know. One of the things I want to just say about what I wrote was I didn't know that we'd won eight games in a row. I know that there was that, was it a friendly against, was it Brentford or Palace or something behind closed doors? But that was an unofficial game. But of the official pre-season games plus the three games of the season, that's eight wins in a row. And I, not being a stats person, but I don't know when was the last time Arsenal won eight games in a row. And I know it's a little cheap to count pre-season, but we were, again, on the same level as everybody else. We're, um, you know, pre-fitness and then we're uh, getting our rhythm and so are they. And so it's, it's equal uh, footing. In fact, the game against Orlando, which was the one that I went to, we... Uh, we had somewhat of a disadvantage because they're in mid-season. But anyway, point being that Arsenal are in a great place and certainly have rhythm in more area than just one, uh, being the results. Uh, we see that now when we watch these games. There's Rhythm is a great word, actually, to um, as a blanket to throw over how Arsenal are now. We play with such rhythm, rhythm offensively, um, passing rhythm, a rhythm of understanding. Again, as I said in the post, this whole Arteta um, utopian idea of playing with one brain where everybody's on the same page and knows how everybody else is thinking and what they're about to do in order to be prepared for it and, and so forth. You can just see the... Uh, evolution of this uh, anyway um, the sliding doors moment of the game well I hate to copycat off I think what I said last week but it's how I feel it's I know it's how you feel but you know that game was just a result of everything that went before and again as I wrote in my post you know that game maybe should have been easy but it was easy only because of the couple of years of hard work and preparation and relearning Arteta's way of playing in order to get to this point. And because of all of that, I suppose the sliding doors moment, you rewind all the way back to the beginning when we decided to do this, to employ him, to trust him, um, to invest in him, uh, open the checkbook, all of these different things that have led to this, uh, and in particular, that patience. One of the first examples in modern impatient, the modern impatient world that we live in, in all forms of society, of success with a group of people, be it a business, a sports team, what have you, where... People are calling for instant results, pressuring for a new leader, and the owners say, no, 
this is the guy, you're going to have to be patient, and you'll see. And we're sort of sitting right in the middle of that right now, aren't we? Looking at that and thinking, we might have been wrong. Maybe they were right. Uh, maybe they were right all along. And this is a process that we should have trusted. Um, I suppose on the game itself, I think back to previous coaching moments that I've had and, I, you know, in my dream state that I often live in, I was thinking this week, what would I say to the Arsenal team uh, based on playing Bournemouth away? And I often think this way. Maybe it's just how I'm wired because of my job. But I came to the conclusion, again, looking back to my coaching career of the times when we're about to play a team that we should beat. And Arsenal should have won today uh, based on talent and such. So I, in those situations, always kept my pre-game real short. And it was often just a one-word challenge. Something along the lines of, you think you're better than them. Prove it. Then I'd walk out of the room. And it leaves them wondering if there's more. Am I going to say anything else? Where's he gone? Well, and they remember it because it's really easy to remember. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge for a man or a boy. And you know how us guys feel about a challenge, right? It's also a bit of a threat, isn't it? And a lot of us guys like to be prodded or have to be prodded in order to get the best out of us. So I wonder if Arteta did something like that. Of course, after being spoiled and getting to see in the documentary all of the different speeches and motivational tricks and, and such that he gave last season, we're never going to see that again, ever, I don't think. That'll be a one-time thing. But I bet there was a challenge in there because when we came out yesterday... It was instant. How serious we were, how uh, non-complacent we were, and we were there to get the job done and prove that we were better than them rather than just say that we're better than them. Well, listen, I just wanted to do this differently tonight. I wanted to talk about the documentary because it's the thing to talk about right now beyond the performance, and it's so super interesting um, and I've got some thoughts here, wanted to share with you. I wonder how you feel. Um, but here's, here's a few. There's a few words that I'm going to key in on here that I think were repeated often in the documentary when he's um, mostly in pre-game, half-time, sometimes post-game, rather than in training, but uh, sometimes in training too. The words risk, forward, Fast start, compact, press. And there's one other here. Oh, yeah, I can read my own writing. It says ruthless. And so I just want to break a few of those down. Uh, last season, I wrote probably more um, about this one negative thought that I had than any other, which was that Arsenal needed to balance all these passing patterns and predictability with unpredictability. 
and they needed to take more risk in the final third because they were becoming too easy to read. But I was so encouraged when I watched the documentary to hear him talking about taking risks and not just saying it one time. He seemed to say it repeatedly. Another thing that drives me nuts, drove me nuts, it's less of a thing now, is he's... In fact, this word might have been the most common word that he used in the changing room, which was forward. Just before they went out there, he always would say to them, as part of his final speech, pass forward. And not just Arsenal, but lots of teams in uh, in world football ever since past completion and stats and uh, stat meetings with players and all the things the players get where it gets in their head about their past completion and they've got to have high percentages, they get fearful of taking risks and of passing forward because a pass forward is in football these days where the entire defensive block is back behind the ball, a pass forward is much, much harder than a pass backwards to a defender who has nowhere on anywhere in sight. I was encouraged by the word ruthless. That, to me, is the next chapter. And we're starting, we're in the infancy of this, but we're starting to become more ruthless. You know, the second goal today, straight after the first goal, you know, at least at the push for, the, for a second goal, rather than sit back like we did last year. I mean, last year we won a ridiculous amount of games by a goal. Most of our games that we won were by a goal, not two, not three, and now we've won... Well, I guess all three by more than one goal. Um, and they've all been fairly comfortable. Maybe the first one was the trickiest. We scored the second one late, but uh, we're, we're looking like we're moving towards understanding the importance of ruthlessness. The fast start, again, something else that I preached and keep talking about in my posts, probably too much, um, but... Again, the value of using your fans, the enthusiasm, the energy, and the indecision and un unknowing is that the word the not knowing of the opponent um, they 've seen video of you, but they don 't know what you 're going to show up today with and what you whether whether you 're up for it, so why don 't you show them that you are, and maybe their mentality will crumble often happens um, he used the word compact and that's you know this season that's not just the compact defensive block with our three lines of forwards midfielders and defenders tighter together with less space in between it's, it's that but this season um, it's also uh, offensively our players placing it, playing in closer proximity to each other uh, of course in our Previous game against Leicester, you'll see, especially on the left wing, how close the players were to each other um, in order to play off each other, almost like an oversized rondo and um, penetrate that way. That's sort of a new thing that's happened. Uh, the press, he would say that word as much as he said forward, press, press, press. Um, and so you see the players doing that more and more and statistically I wish I knew and prepared myself for this thought but there is certainly a number um, a general idea of 
how many times you have to say something to somebody for it to sink in, just in life in general. Um, and it's a lot. <laughs> um, unless you just have one of those super powerful moments where you say something that somebody will remember forever. And we all have a handful, but just a handful of uh, things that we remember being told in our life. But most of what somebody's said to us, we forget. And we need it repeated and repeated. And the repetition also helps us understand, ah, this guy really wants us to do this, this thing here. Because he keeps talking about it. So I definitely need to do this right here. Okay, so I had some thoughts on Arteta himself as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that, generally speaking, he's come out of this documentary uh, a more respected coach. And often in these documentaries, the way it's edited, the way uh, the team that's chosen sometimes, the moment that's chosen, is based on the potential for drama, right? And because Amazon are trying to sell a product and they're trying to make a TV show and the more drama, the better, right? Well, uh, I know other fans might see Mikel Arteta in a different light, but I, th I just got the, the sense that he is really respected by the squad, by the hierarchy, by the staff and everybody at Arsenal seems to respect him and they listen to him they don't want to upset him they don't want to let him down they want to play for him and that's no doubt the foundation of teaching coaching and I do both of those things so I've got some idea for sure about that if you don't have respect as a teacher then you become like what they say in the United States a substitute teacher I think in England it used to be called a su supply teacher. Even if you're good at your job, the kids take advantage of you because they know you're not the permanent guy. And if you're a teacher that doesn't know how to discipline or hold people accountable, then kids will run all over you, so will adults, for sure. So I think that it was obvious that he's respected. And then moving on, you can't get away with doing these object lessons with light bulbs and you saw the screen of the wolves and he did those at the rabbit or the duck or something. You can't get away with showing adults that stuff if you're not respected and if you don't have good presentation skills. You have to be respected to get away with doing stuff like that. Otherwise, the players will just giggle about it behind your back and mock you. But if you have respect and you have good presentation skills you don't fumble, bumble your way through it, then those object lessons are invaluable because they're so much easier to remember than another speech. I mean, I'm sure you remember the time that somebody in your life showed you something rather than just talked to you about it. It's much easier to remember and gave you an object lesson. Also, I noticed that he, thankfully, seems to value fun and enjoyment. I didn't use that as one of my words, but that was another one that I heard him say often, was fun, enjoy the game. 
um, when the coaches were talking to the players individually about the importance of enjoying the game. And if you enjoy something, then that big sack of pressure that you feel can dissipate. Um, that was encouraging to me. I liked the individual coaching and in particular that he's using his coaching staff in the, their personal area of expertise. Uh, I think we were all concerned when he brought in these younger guys and it, you, we made that easy assumption that you know he's a control freak. That's easy to assume that because of the way that he coaches on the sidelines and, and what have you. And then he brings in a whole bunch of staff who are um, look like they would be super submissive to him, younger than him, less experienced uh, in the game than him. But you see in a coach like Carlos Cuesta, who I think's only 32 and looks even younger than that, um, and I might he may be younger than that, I think 32 is his age, but how he really seemed to connect with the players when he was talking to them one-on-one -on -one and seemed to know how to talk to them, get on their level, um, not ramble, be concise, that's important in this day and age. And it seemed like he valued, Arteta valued his coaches. You know, Airpod Albert seemed to have quite a lot of say and uh, opportunity to lead, and I liked that. That stood out to me. Um, I also noticed uh, that his wife, at least the edited, you know, clips that we saw of his wife and family, he seems to have a very understanding wife. Um, and without that, then even though fans never talk about players, coaches, wives... For them, that's, again, part of their foundation. If, like, respect, if they don't have a wife uh, or a partner that is OK with them being somewhat round the clock, um, then at some point it's going to hit the fan, right? It just is. And that's not a part of your life that you can get away from easily. It's something that's hovering over you and affects your mood because you know that every time that you take that phone call, spend extra time in the office, whatever it may be, um, that she's going to be upset and you've got to go to bed later and there she will be and there's probably going to be a row. Um, so why am I talking about Arteta's wife? I just, I think it's just, I mean, it's super important. I, I, I'm not running away from that. It just is. And um, thank you to her. Thank you to her and, and, and the family for uh, allowing him to be who he is because it's working. Uh, finally, I just wanted to mention a couple of other things that I noticed. Um, I think that the support that the board, Cronky, Josh Cronky, and Vinay, uh, Tim Lewis... Uh, Richard Garlick, the, the support and respect that they seem to have for Arteta. I think one of my favourite clips was, I forget which game it was, but we'd lost and Josh Kroenke was eating with Arteta and he didn't come across as a boss. 
in that moment, which was very interesting. He seemed to want to bring himself down to Arteta's level and just talk to him like a friend and just tell him that um, we, he used that word we, we just we just push on, we carry on, we press on. It was something like that. And I just found that great man management that he used that term, we, rather than saying, I guess you, and making Mikel Arteta feel like he had eyes on him rather than trust around him. That was great. Um, and boy... That was a fantastic insight. I was a bit nervous watching the documentary that it would be a negative for the club, but I think it's actually a positive. I think it's helped. And I really hope that the club continue being open like Granite Xhaka has um, uh, alluded to and just keep the fans engaged and honestly create... In this revolution that I talked about in my post today where Arsenal are starting something new that nobody else really has fully bought into, like Arsenal, you know, this... And if you haven't read the post, it's just about how Arsenal are starting this football revolution of, OK, stop, 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 stop doing this. Short-term fixes are over, stop. Draw a line, we're going to start again, we're going to do it the right way, and we're going to buy players between the ages of, you know, 19 and 24... And most of them are going to be 23 and they're going to be in that perfect little age pocket and we're going to be patient for two or three years as they grow together. And if and when they do, they'll all have resale value and they will click at the same time, they'll mature at the same time and this could really be a thing. And most importantly, we are going to trust and have patience. And so, you know, that is just... Uh, right where Arsenal are right now and we are turning um, I think we're quietly turning the world of football maybe around enough to at least face us, look at us and start asking questions about whether they should do what Arsenal are doing because I don't know if it's going to work ultimately because we haven't won anything yet but it looks like this is a path that other people might want to consider um, and Arsenal Football Club looks like a place where people want to be that's enough from me hey thanks so much for listening cheers ta-da